0: EFT Media
1: You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso
2: America is an irradiated wasteland Within it lies a city Outside the boundary walls A desert The cursed earth Inside the walls, the cursed city, stretching from Boston to Washington, DC. An unbroken, concrete landscape. 800 million people living in the ruin of the old world and the mega structures of the new one. Mega blocks, mega highways, mega city one. Choking Breaking under its own weight Citizens in fear of the street The gun The gang Only one thing fighting for order in the chaos
0: Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen Listen to to a shit. Welcome to Cinema Crespo Tiso.
3: Four oh four error not found. Ladies and gentlemen, it is episode four oh four error not found. True, Chris, shows broken,
1: <laughs> or are you broken?
3: We got gotta go home. Time to go home. And-
1: okay, well that's it. All right. yeah. uh, thanks for being here. Thanks uh- for coming, guys. We <laughs> appreciate it. Thank you, Dr. Kagan. You're welcome. That's the You're show you. are welcome, for
3: the listeners. Four oh four. This is a bad one. <laughs> I'm telling you to abandon ship now. Just come back for four oh five next week. I'm letting you know, it might be a, it might be the best thing to do. Drusick Ogburn, what's going on? What
1: oh, up, dude? Hey, how it? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, day by day,
3: things change how it goes. That I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I can tell you now how it goes. It's okay. It's but tomorrow will be okay? I don't know. Sad. Apparently, last night, Regal's like, we shutting down theaters.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's what happens when the uh, <clears throat> president of the free world catches COVID-19. Mm.
3: <laughs> or, like, what happens when... Um, when Bond himself vacates the year, then the UK owned company is like, well, that goes. Well, fuck that. <laughs> there goes to the neighborhood, my dear boy. Let's just pull the plug and <laughs> yeah. come back in 2021. Uh, we'll talk about that, obviously, in the second half of the news and stuff, the more official delays. They, delays, than we'll have to speculate about, but it looks like Regal's shutting down. For yeah, the for the most year. part. They're throwing in the towel.
1: I mean, I, I would say here within like the next two weeks, probably. Within minimum. Be, yeah. The
3: quickest. Not the longest, I should say. No. Yeah. Indy is still open. Uh, you know, so, uh, for example, we're going to be checking out Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor this week at the Ensign Theater. Looking forward to that. It's one-week-only engagement, so we personally chose to try to pick a later in the week date, something sort of awkward for others. Hopefully, we'll see.
1: Try to stay away from
3: people. Just trying to. But I think they've been doing a good job, from what I've read, about uh, keeping seating pretty distant, and, you know, most patrons are up, masked up if they're not eating or drinking. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, we'll see how it goes. Uh but yeah, so there we go. Rest in peace theater experiences twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty, maybe twenty no, Who knows? Who knows? Who, who, knows? <laughs> who knows? Who knows?
1: Playing this pie a year.
3: Yeah, and the president's got COVID and he's uh in the seventies and obese. Uh-huh. And, and
1: he's uh super prim- and he's probably he's probably one of the super spreaders too, where he, he gave be, it to well, fucking like everybody. He may be one of
3: those <laughs> like yeah, it's crazy the twenty eighty rule where like twenty percent of the people that's or yeah. uh, the actual spreaders. Uh-huh. And, um that's that's wild. It's wacky. It's like I have it. That's fine. I have four fundraisers to go to.
1: <laughs> I mean, I read an article saying that he could have been diagnosed as early as Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday early afternoon, and still not told anybody.
3: Yeah, early Wednesday afternoon, and he had uh, a uh, three events that day. Yeah, and
1: just walked around like nothing was he had three no ev- problem. He had three events in like two states. Yeah, yeah uh-huh.
3: and then he announced it the next day. Um, that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> That's bad. Mixed feelings about this all.
1: <laughs> oh, I mean, there's... I, I got all We're, sorts of weird feelings Weird feelings.
3: <laughs> weird feelings.
1: Uh, I mean, th- there's a part of me that's like, ha, I got what you fucking deserve. Yes, yeah, for and sure. Shadden uh, Floyd, it's like... I, I, I got the biggest mask. I, I did hear a joke. Uh, Uh-oh. It, 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 it's it's not... It, it's kind of it's good and kind of bad. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Here we <are you>. uh, go. <laughs> if Drew it, recognizes. It, it's funnier if you're a believer. In... God. Okay. <laughs> because the joke is... Oh, is it the RBG? Yes. Yeah, yeah, Winning her first, her first oral arguments in heaven. <laughs> like, damn lady. <laughs> She's good. God's like, oh,
3: <laughs> all right. All right, I'll give him the COVID. In my, in my heaven, God is an old Southern man. He's like, Wilfred Brimley. All right, whatever you
1: say. <laughs> I mean, my, my God's the fat black lesbian, so...
3: Child, you, want, you think? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, man, mm-hmm. RBG.
1: She, she can really, win any
3: argument against any
1: gad. Really, any
3: god any you can think of.
1: Yeah, and and really also just to really piss off right Christians.
3: What if God was a two-headed, like uh, the thing with okay. two heads, sure. 70s movie? Yeah. Um, it's like Wilfred Brimley. That works. But with Octavia Spencer's head sewed on. Okay. Or Octavia Spencer with Wilfred Brimley's head sewed there, on. That was
1: better. That one's better. <laughs> that one's better. Yes. There, there we go. New God. It's like, look at these honking tits. <laughs>
3: I want to grab him. I got diabetes. I'm God. I can do whatever I want. I still have diabetes. (laughs) I have diabetes. Uh, Brimley is not in mind because he's in a movie I watched last night, (laughs) a a Charlie Bronson movie. That's cool. We'll talk about the media diet because we didn't watch any new movies this week. Obviously, unfortunately, not like there's really too many options. Plus, uh, you know, I mean,
1: there are good. there are new movies to watch. I'm just not paying the price that they wish for these movies. Like, that's I'd, true.
3: I'd still like to see
1: Bill and Ted Three. but yeah. I'm
3: not paying fucking prices. Going to drop eventually. Yeah. Before you know it, it's going to be like six bucks. Exactly.
1: And in which case, I'll be like, all right, all it's time right. for Bill and Ted Three. Especially since it is
3: pretty well reviewed. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, it, it didn't blow anyone away, but for a lot of people, it's sort of like right that's, right movie
1: at the right time that's kind all of it thing. thing. It, it, Chris, and, and that all, is all. It just, it just didn't have to be bad yes. that's all. It, need, it just needed to be average, as mm-hmm. long as it wasn't bad. It was a success. We would have been happy with. <laughs> we,
3: we'd be happy with mediocre, and apparently, yep. it's a little better than mediocre, which so. I'm totally perfect. Yeah, but come on, come on, thirty dollars yes. or twenty dollars is Fuck all that. What is the shit? Bolshevism, I say. Um, I don't think. It's or accurate. is it Menshevism? Menshevism. <laughs> <laughs> You're a real Menshevism. Um, so we do have media diets, though. Did watch plenty of stuff. I watched this Charlie Bronson movie called Ten to Midnight. It's on HBO Max under the Turner Classic Movie section. And I was like, oh, if it's TCM, you know, it's a classic, then it's got to be. But it's uh, a Cla- classic just means old. It. <laughs> Not necessarily, right? I mean, plenty of old movies. Um,. At this point, too, shit. What is what is that? Twenty-five years. At least. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Two: The Secrets mm-hmm. of the Ooze. Classic. Yeah. Well, I mean, classic cinema.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, technically, uh, nineties grunge is classic rock. Oh boy! Well, but it isn't classic rock a genre though? It's like seventies. I mean, yes and no.
3: Or is it supposed to be like uh, like how you classify vintage vehicles? No, exactly. Yes. Does it, is it a moving target? In, in which case. Um, is, is classical changing? What's classical music?
1: I think I think when you say classical music, mm-hmm. I think that has become a genre specific right thing. Right. So I can like make modern classical music. Yes, exactly. Can I make
3: modern classic rock if I'm just ripping off Zeppelin and Queen? Maybe.
1: Depends on your definition of classic rock. I guess
3: it depends on what the definition of jazz is. Thank you, Mr. President. You can, please, please go home. No one wants you to campaign for him. <laughs> no. Um, rather have Hillary out here. The, uh, so 10 to midnight. It's, um, Bronson. Bronson, he's a cop, of course. I'm, I'm fighting justice, fighting for justice. And it's like a cat and mouse thing between him and, uh, pretty much an incel a guy who's like a ripped white dude who can't get laid so he just kills women mm, and mm-hmm. and so yeah, it's, it's an like, yeah so he's like hunt him down track him down having some face-to-face stuff it's like you can't prove it was me i got a pretty good alibi that type of stuff and actually it's pretty good it's an interesting movie it's directed by this guy J. Lee thompson who ended up doing like some of the death wish movies not all of them
1: but some of them i think and i wonder if he did the de- did he do the death wish movies with charlie bronson before or after this movie after okay so this was his beginning with him and he was like hey they may
3: have worked together because they've done a number of films together i didn't look up the full no. thing but uh yeah this did come before this was right before death wish this is 83 and i think death wish 3 is 84 which is one of the more, it's when it starts getting really ridiculous uh, on the third one. And yeah, so I think that outtracks. That makes sense. The uh, Wilfred Brimley is um, like the captain or whatever. So he's just walking around being all angry. Mm. But he's also like two years older than Charlie Bronson. But he, looks, <laughs> he looks older. It's crazy. Wilfred Brimley always looked old. Yeah. uh uh-huh. It's wild. And it's good. It's a fun movie. It's enjoyable. It's a canon movie.
1: Yeah, so you when, there when, we go, it's all I had to say. I was like, Oh, T
3: C M, cool. I put it on and literally it's the first it's ten to midnight, so it was like right. on A to Z is the first one on the list, Charles Bronson. I was like, under two hours, I'll hit play. It's T C M. It's gotta be of some certain quality. And then Canon pops up. And you were like oh And I was like, Oh <laughs> that type of classic things make more sense now. I see, I see. And it is fully a Canon movie. Yeah. Um It's good. I enjoyed it. HBO Max is where I watched that also watched uh i rented time after time i mentioned this recently on the show mm-hmm. been wanting to watch it for a while halloween perfect time to watch this type of thing spooky time of year october uh time after time is malcolm mcdowell as h.g wells invents a time machine it's london 1896 something like that and uh he invents a time machine uh But then just as he invented, it turns out, oh, shit, one of his friends is Jack the Ripper, secretly, who uses the machine to go to 1979 San Francisco. Mm -hmm. So H.G. Wells has to go track him down, uh, falls in love with Mary Steenburgen along the way. Like a 25-year-old Mary Mary Steenburgen who, in real life, apparently, Malcolm McDowell, Mary Steenburgen, met doing this movie, fell in love for real, married for 10 years.
1: There you go. There you go.
3: Something happens when you're like pretending to love someone, mm-hmm. and
1: then you actually. Every now and then, you're like, "Yeah, are these? Feelings? <laughs> Wait trying. a minute, are these feelings real?"
3: I just <laughs> tricked myself into loving this woman. <laughs> Damn it! Again, again, I did it. I fall in love with all my leads. It's a, it's a, it's a terrible disease, Mary. Um, it's a, it's a wild, fun movie. It's cool. It's got like. The time travel—it's just—it's not like a lot of back and forth stuff. There's a little bit of uh, using it in the, in the narrative outside of the actual like going to the 70s and HULS tracking him. It's more along the lines of like, look at this guy wandering around like, oh, look at the marvels of modern modern day living. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, women's liberation. No, that's happened. Really? It's really? <laughs> like I was- interesting. He's like, I was all for that actually.
1: <laughs> what do you mean? Cool. Was? I'm I'm on the right side of history. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. The movie does at the end. It's like. There's a title card that pops up, HULs, predicted, socialism, and this and that, like in positive ways, because yeah. uh-huh. like, they're all English, Ooh, yeah. English boys. Mm-hmm. The guy who made it, um, Nicholas Meyer, wrote it and directed it based on, he, so someone gave him a manuscript for a book, like an unfinished manuscript or an outline. He read it and was like, this is amazing, optioned it, and then wrote the screenplay before the book could even be finished and put out, because he was like, he just loved the idea so much, but he wanted to make it his way. Mm-hmm. Uh he, this was his first movie ended up followed this up with um he got star trek 2 wrath of khan made that movie. Khan! Khan! arguably one of the better ones right if not the best one well
1: yeah i mean in, in prosthetic pectoral muscles so apparently not i'm reading that those are real what yes then he had just weird looking pectoral he, muscles he was just weirdly <laughs> old man ripped
3: smooth old man ripped somehow yeah they had to like tape everything down and uh, what was the other? He did a couple Star Trek movies. Like I think he did the fourth one as well. Maybe three and four. And what was the other thing he did? Ah, it's escaping me now. Sometimes it's fat. Oh, he did the most watched made for TV movie of all time. Which is the day after, and it came out in eighty four, eighty five, and it's on YouTube. I check because I want to watch it, and it's uh, like Jason Robards is in it, and it's um. Uh, 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 a nuclear holocaust fallout movie so it's about the life of a a small town in kansas i think like i guess the day after Mm -hmm. uh the new like nuclear uh attack or some shit Mm -hmm. like that so it's about the fallout Mm -hmm. of all that Mm -hmm. watched by over a hundred million people well yeah back in the day so uh same guy time after time it's fun it's cool and the guy who plays the ripper uh, Dr. Stevenson is um, this actor David Warner, who's really good. He's been in a ton of stuff. And I was looking. at my like, God, this guy's face. You know how that happens. Mm-hmm. No. Where, where, where have I seen this guy? What is triggering this? I was going through his biography, trying to find, looking, looking, looking. Finally, I figured it out. Trista Cockburn, Secret of the Use.
2: Ah, there we go.
3: <laughs> he was—he's <laughs> like the professor guy who they interact with for some reason. I can't remember the plot of that movie, but I was like, Oh, this fucking face. Uh, so time after time I watch it That's a lot of fun That's good stuff uh, I forgot to mention this last week I Went back Speaking of theaters Went back and saw Tenet A second time mm-hmm. With the brothers My brother's first time He liked it uh, I think So when, the first time we saw it We saw it in the large auditorium I think they had the sound Cranked up so mm-hmm. loud That the music was Drowning out a lot of the dialogue Because when I saw it In one of the smaller auditoriums I could understand the dialogue Much better Not all of it But most of it mm-hmm. Um, like some of the stuff on the the catamarans was still like because of the the sound of oh, the, yeah. the the waves Ooh, and, and, and you
1: you heard it through their earpiece. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, I still the second time when uh like the the girl says something to. The the Bicky says something to like Kenneth Branagh, and it's like an intense moment, but all you hear is <laughs> like what? And then I bet you when you pull up the subtitles on the Blu-ray, it'll be like uh indecipherable. <laughs> well, I like, okay. Oh, thanks. Okay. I was never supposed to know. I'm mm-hmm. I'm obsessing over something. Um so enjoyable the second time around. Man, it's like knowing the pieces and going into it with more information, it's, it's uh, wildly uh, enjoyable. And then, like, the final battle scene, I was like, I, was like, I, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's still some things so like, wrong, but for the most part, like, yeah. I'm, I'm like, oh, it's, uh, it was great. It was a really good second viewing. It was also an empty-ass theater. Cool. That was awesome. That was awesome. Now I also understand why are you be like, fuck it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ain't, people ain't, although uh, New Mutants keeps making, like, a million dollars every week every weekend pretty much is making between one and two million dollars so
1: I'm waiting for that to hit VOD
3: mm. well these theaters closing a week or two especially because then AMC will probably follow soon mm-hmm. unless they're going to be like no we're going to stay open
1: I mean if they can afford to if they can afford to yeah.
3: if they can afford to yeah, especially after they announce uh, other delays yeah. the, the final product all moves to next exactly.
1: year exactly uh, Regal's just like Yo, we're cutting our losses
3: yeah yeah We can't survive on fathom events alone. I'm pretty sure it's in the Bible. Man cannot survive on fathom events alone. Yes. Um, You need uh, cult classics as well. So uh, let me check this off. Did that. I did that. I did that. TV. Raised by Wolves. Season finale. That shit was wild as fuck. buddy. Shit was wild as fuck. Holy crap. We're going to do a whole, uh, our second half, second half of the season wrap up episode for Patreon. We'll do that. Put that out this week. Uh, but spoiler-free, real quick. Raised by wolves,
1: man, it impressed and me. I mean, in all reality, it's a weird religious allegory mixed mm-hmm. in with sci—really heavy sci-fi. Absolutely heavy <laughs>
3: sci-fi. Sci-fi, eh, you know, sci-fi and religious stuff work really well together, especially when it's all so explicitly about a uh, creation. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's also so Scott. Yes. In no. with. Uh, evolution uh-huh. and things yep. like that. Uh hosting
1: mm-hmm. lies deception. Weird things slithering inside other living Weird things. Weird slithering things. <laughs> <laughs> Living, yeah. living inside other living things there were some good close up shots of like yeah like, dude when her ooh, belly was moving I was like oh, this, is a, this is a Scott movie I know what's yeah. happening yeah, I the, know I know what's gonna I know what's gonna happen yeah
3: these are never these never go well
1: <laughs> this these, never works out good
3: <laughs> these never go well for the host so it was, yeah Raised well was uh ended ended very strong yeah and I'm looking forward to season two. Fuck yes! And we'll do a more in-depth, like a half-hour talk of. So we'll talk about episode six, seven, eight, nine, ten, mm-hmm. the back half. Mm-hmm. I'm also gonna do a little bit of reading too, and try to try to bring some info to the table uh, okay. on, on on some of the things. There's also a maybe I'll, I'll try to if we got time. There's a uh, companion podcast. I was about to say that they they kept putting up their companion podcast. See if that's any good. And, I mean, they may be just talking straight to like really yeah. and all them. I mean, they probably are. Like, This is what we're doing on the show, and these are our ideas, and hopefully, you like it. Uh, yeah, that's some really good stuff. Fargo, Had not started
1: it. Okay, there's only two episodes I so know.
3: far, one and two. And I, I, I say this, it's uh, of all the seasons so far, it has the most like. Labored setup of all of them. Like the first twenty minutes of the first episode is just establishing this ridiculous premise okay. of of how these
1: how it all works, how
3: these crime families are operating <laughs> in Kansas City. I'm like, okay, this is silly. This is silly, but all right, if this is the story you want to tell. Um, but at the end of the second episode, I think I'm in. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. It has a great, uh, <laughs> like, comical, like intense wide-eyed villain I mean of course yeah is uh, it's Jason Schwartzman's like the head of the the young new head of the one of the mob families the Italian mob family but then his brother comes over from from Sicily and he's this big younger brother but he's bigger and he's all crazy-eyed like you Americans are so weak and, you know he's, mm-hmm. he's very um, <laughs> overly intimidating it's funny Chris Rock's great in it obviously he's Chris Rock
1: oh yeah it's good it's good that's good so far. I'm gonna my list. I'm looking, yeah, it's looking worth forward to starting it. It'll be worth
3: it. It'll be worth it. Um this one I'm not so sure about. Maybe this time of year because it's again it's October, it's the spooky season. Uh give it a little bit of leeway. But I watched mostly watched episode one of Monsterland
1: on Hulu. Oh yeah, I saw the previews for that.
3: Mm-hmm. It, where it's like anthology show So every episode's its own story. I'm cool with that. I mean, the
1: preview looked fine, but then again, it was nothing but, you know, shadows and jump scares. So. Shadow,
3: shadows <laughs> and jump scares. I'll tell you the first episode, no jump scares in the first episode. It's uh, about a young woman, a young girl, with a, a Babadook level of, like, terror child. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's, like, Louisiana working a shitty waitressing job. And then on the loose in that town is also some sort of serial killer. Okay. And, um, uh, but really, it's not about that. It's about motherhood parenting, being a bad parent, being an abandoned parent, uh, struggles, all that, it's, it's very obviously like the horrors of the world, and then we're just throwing in like the... It's like Lovecraft Country, you know, where then we're using yeah. genre to to just amp up some of the what we're actually talking about. But here.
1: is it done well? It's okay. Like Lovecraft
3: Country. Well, like the thing is, like I said, I was I was mm. like, <laughs> there's some of it. It was a weird experience, Drew. I'm sure it just happened to you, right? Where like you're on the couch, you're watching something, you're paying attention, speaking dialogue, you're following along, like ladies saying something, and then you don't realize it, but then you go, mm. and then you go, <laughs> and then you wake yourself up, and like it's still within the scene. Yeah. Like the scene hasn't changed. Nope. Like you stuff for a second. Yeah. Wait, what? Okay, back in the scene. Uh That kept happening. Um, so was the show that was not compelling enough to keep me awake? Was that it, or was it the uh, so like how many, the, the the mega margaritas so that how, I had just finished? So how
1: many sleeps did you get, Chris? Hmm. According to the creative bully,
3: oh, creative bully, he would have how many he'd, sleeps? He'd be like, he'd be like fifty sleeps. <laughs> that poor guy. He needs, he needs some good mattresses. Mine was more alcohol induced. I think he has a sleep apnea. I don't know. Shout out to the Black Castlehof. Forget that. Your radio. So many sleeps that poor guy. Maybe a sleep number would help him. We should get a GoFundMe going to get this, get our boy a sleep number. He's in Texas somewhere now. The um, there was like a moment where a guy peels his own face off. I mean, and it's like okay. and it's just like straight up in HD, like he's just no. cut and then peel and then he and then he's like, look at me, yeah. and then you're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a moment. That cool. <laughs>
1: i mean we had we had one of those scenes in uh raised by wolves travis fimmel cuts off his face in one of the in one of the dreams he did he did have a face peeling scene what's going
3: on in america <laughs> we're,
1: we're peeling our faces and looking ourselves in the mirror and be like this is me <laughs> he had a very evil
3: dead quality <laughs> yeah. in raised by when he was looking at his reflection uh like a big eyeball it yeah. was, was uh was startling
1: that's what happens when you don't have eyelids yeah
3: they, just <laughs> eyes. people say his eyes were very expressive it's actually the eyebrows and the eyelids it's a face that's expressive eyeballs on a table by themselves they're just surprised all the time yeah yeah just surprised <laughs> <laughs> they, they can't be nothing but surprise um it's, it's okay you know like i'll maybe i'll check out a couple more episodes uh the vibe is interesting like it was interesting how a big part of the like a big scene in it is because she's t- thinking about her fucked up daughter and like why is the kid so crazy but then she thinks about how oh yeah uh I couldn't get an abortion. I didn't want to have this kid and I couldn't get an abortion. So me and my friends were trying to do like an at-home abortion and then we like, and yeah. then I and then I stopped partway through that, so I freaked out. That would be why. So, and, then it, <laughs> and then it's like smash cut to she has the memory and then smash cut to her looking at her kid and so it's obviously like she's yeah. questioning that I, is this my fault that I fucked this up? More than likely Could be. Could, could be. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Although I play one on a podcast. My name is a, Oh, there's a character in Fargo. His right hand man is named Dr. Senator. What? Yeah. (laughs) And then he says, that's my name. But then Chris Rock's character points out he has a PhD. So he is a doctor. So he's Dr. Dr. Senator. Dr. Dr. Weird. Dr. (laughs) Dr.
1: So weird.
3: He's like, my mom had a sense of humor. (laughs) Yeah, she did. Dr. Senator. Uh, okay, so, uh, yeah, Monster Man. Monster Man gets an okay from me so far for only one episode. Again, anthology, so it's going to be a thing where it's like up up and down, mm-hmm. I'm sure. And finally, I finally started reading this book, Down and Dirty Pictures, by Peter Biskind. I'm about 100 pages in, and it's about uh 90s independent film. But it's the structure of the story is being told through the, um, looking at Sundance. mm mm-hmm. Sundance Institute and then the film festival and then um the Weinsteins and Miramax and how the Weinsteins uh bullied their way into Hollywood and did their thing and it's a fascinating reading this it was published in 2004 uh the guy who wrote this wrote Easy Riders Raging Bulls which is about the 70s late late 60s 70s Hollywood scene which is more about finding stuff archived going through legends in the preface he points all this out going through like old stories and trying to piece together what actually happened writing about something more contemporary as he was doing in the late 90s that meant at one point he thought he was still flying under the radar he got a phone call he got summoned to Weinstein's fucking Miramax office because he's also in New York and uh, he's like, what are well, you poking around, uh, getting all scared and shit? And mm-hmm. he had a publishing company and Wines so he was like, look, forget about this book. What do you want to write? Do you have a project you really <laughs> want to write? And he's like, yeah, actually I do have this one project. I'll, I'll give you some money. <laughs> I'll, we'll give you some money. Forget about this book. We will publish your other book. Uh, he was trying to throw him off the scent of doing yeah. any investigating whatsoever. Into his life. Yeah,
1: because yes. if you would have found an inkling of anything, then the Me well, Too thing would have happened well, a decade not, before. That's
3: the thing. So it's, He points out that a lot of people didn't want to talk to him at all. Many people spoke on record, off record, and that the, um, uh, I don't think sexual harassment stuff comes up, but he does describe going to their office he's seeing a number of people there as like they look up at him from their desk real quick and it's like a pleading look he described it as when a cop comes to the door for a domestic violence disturbance or whatever and the wife says everything's fine Mm -hmm. but then her eyes are like screaming for help Like,
1: there's fucked up shit going on here yes or people (laughs) are like like,
3: help help us we need help as he's going in there for a meeting so it's interesting the vibe that, that that comes across in this book and you can fill in the blanks in terms of all that other stuff, all, mm-hmm. all the other behavior that we now know about, uh, you can now uh, fill in that picture. Yeah. It's fascinating. And then all the Sundance stuff is really good, too. Speaking of Me Too, uh, they do a lot of talking to Sterling Van Wagenen, who uh, worked with Sundance a lot and Robert Redford. They were friends for a while. And then he says, uh, Robert Redford stopped taking his calls starting in the 90s. Uh, Van Wagenen was over at UCF uh, when I was there. He was working at the film school. And uh, subsequently got me too'd with uh, some. I can't remember
1: who. Yeah, that's no, probably but. why Redford is like, you know what? I need this myself from this fucker. No, that was for, <laughs> that was
3: for something else entirely. Uh, but yeah, still they Um So down under your pictures, I'm 100 pages in, but it's really, really, really good so far. Really enjoying it, and I think that's it for my media diet for the week. Drew. Lo- Lovecraft Country, um, episode seven. Yeah, did watch that one. After uh, Aliens, I, I am. I am Hippolyta. Hypo, 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 Hippolyta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. F- fascinating how they're able to give characters like their own episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they really second one in a row. Yeah, they really just like here you go. This is your this is your whole thing. Uh, side. Oh, you thought this is a side character? No. Nope. They're going on their own crazy journey. Yes. Everybody is. It's very good. It was a very good episode. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, that was seven. Yeah, episode seven. All right, so we have three more weeks of that. Yep. Yeah, the Lovecraft Country is great. All right, then. All right, what, was
1: what do you get? The Vow, episode six. Is it good? Yeah. You, this is, uh, episode six is when, so now we're in like the early two thousands, where like the news, like we're at the point in time where the New York Times article is just being published. Early two thousands or
3: twenty tens. So, I guess probably twenty tens. Twenty tens, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So okay, when was that stuff? Yeah, that came out like six, seven years ago. Yeah.
1: Right?
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. I mean, uh, one of the one of the ladies who bankrolled the whole thing just got sentenced to like 80-something months federal prison. Ooh, wow. Uh, the Seagram's heiress. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, she was the one who bankrolled everything. It was her money. With Seagram's money? Yeah. So every time you got a Seagram 7, you were
3: helping to fund a uh, sex cult? Yes. The Seagram sex cult. Yes, that's fucked <laughs> Yeah, that, that's, yeah, you were. That's so crazy. Uh-huh.
1: Like I'm just trying to
3: get drunk with delicious bubble
1: water. Yeah, nope. You are uh, actively participating in uh, interstate sex trafficking. Man,
3: all those meals I had that were specifically Chick Fil A <laughs> sandwiches and Seagrams and Sevens. <laughs> Damn it! I was finding yeah. so many anti-LGBTQ and sex
1: cults. Mm-hmm. Damn it.
3: Anyway, just say so you no. Know. Now I know. All right, all right. <laughs> I'll switch back to Polar. It's a polar seltzer. Uh,
1: And then I finished episode season three and four and most of season five of The Sopranos.
3: Oh, wow. You're really, uh, really chugging your way through it now. I
1: had the week off from school, so it was fall break. Very cool. Nice. Oh, awesome. So I had
3: some time. So uh, five, is that the Steve Buscemi season?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, Steve Buscemi actually directed uh, an episode in season three. He, oh, okay. he directed an episode in season four. I wasn't aware of that. Uh, one in season five, and I guess one in season six as well, because he directed four episodes. I did not know So that. he directed an episode before he ever starred it. That's cool. But then, yes, uh, season five is when Steve Buscemi comes in. As, like, the cousin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's still a piece of shit, but he's probably the least yeah. piece of shit of them all. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. I mean, like, as time goes on, like, I actively hate more and more of the characters in the show yeah they're all scumbags every single one there, there's not hardly any of them have a redeeming quality whatsoever they're all bad people <laughs> um
3: what's her name uh christopher's wife
1: mm-hmm.
3: what's her name in the show i keep forgetting i used to remember yeah she She. so we're at the point where she's uh she's already talking to the feds yeah she's uh yeah. she's talking to the feds and everything has been it's good stuff it's mm-hmm. good stuff mm-hmm. She eventually got to do. Uh, she got to co-lead on NBC's Joey, the uh, friend spinoff. Ah, this is right around this time, maybe um, maybe a season or two, a year or two after uh, these seasons here. Uh, and then where'd she go? God, I don't know. Who knows? Who maybe, knows? Maybe, just,
1: maybe she made a bunch of money and was like, "Fuck it."
3: Or maybe she's just been working for the last like fifteen years and we just haven't seen a single thing because it's not yeah. like the
1: things we watch. It <laughs> <You laughs> you know? could be that There's too. So much crap out there, and out of people are just working. <laughs> and in, in season five, episode four. They're playing poker, all of a sudden David Lee Roth is there.
3: <laughs> it was a popular
1: show. <laughs> it's he, like people I'm just like,
3: wanted to be involved.
1: <laughs> what why is who what is going on in this fucking show? He was like, I got poker hands, Daddy. Apparently. And he <laughs> wanted to be. So he, so, so he was. <laughs> That's weird. I'm just saying it was fucking strange.
3: Uh you don't like any of the characters we like in the show.
1: mean, the show's okay. Yeah. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's definitely, like, the way everybody talked about it, I was definitely expecting way more. Interesting, sure. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, I I have a feeling it was just a zeitgeist time of the moment type of thing. You know, kind of like Game of Thrones was. Right. Where, like, in retrospect, like, I can really only recommend uh, Game of Thrones if... You don't want to finish the series if you're fine with stopping. Yeah, because once you get to the final season, there's no point in Just watching. Stop. Maybe <laughs> the season before that. Like, I mean, what yeah. Do you, make up your own story. Yeah, exactly. I mean, do whatever the fuck you want, but don't don't watch because it's garbage. Mm-hmm. Whatever whatever you got in your mind is. Well, and it, it's, and it's be the better. same kind of thing. Like there have been episodes that I've enjoyed, mm-hmm. but like as a whole, like, it doesn't really. Right. Okay. Doesn't that, really do it. Yeah, I, that's fair.
3: I think that's fair. Uh, okay, Sopranos. But I'm going to keep watching. Three, four, and five. Well, you're almost done. Six, seven, eight, I think. No, six. There's only what? Six part one, six part two. No, I mean a uh, season. Oh, really? So, yeah. did, oh, so yeah, you're pretty much done then. Exactly. Those, those
1: are short seasons. Mm-hmm.
3: They just split, They just did one long season split up into two shorter ones. You know, it's,
1: it's two ten episodes as opposed to uh, the regular 13 episode season. Yeah, two tens. You got two tens. Oh, yeah, you'll be done. No. You'll be done. Don't stop. And then uh, tonight... Uh, there's a new episode of Primal, season two. Oh, tonight. Oh, okay. So starts
3: spoiler, spoiler alert. Head, Network. Heads up, guys! Episode of uh, Primal coming. Uh, oh, Emmy award winning. Yes. Emmy award winning Primal. Primal. Emmy award winning Primal. Yes. Excellent. That's it. Yep. We're good to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, not reading. Oh, nothing.
1: and also. uh Did you listen to any music? I watched Constantine. Because. Oh yeah, you were watching Constantine. Hell yeah. It's quite possibly the. One of the best DC movies ever made.
3: It is DC, right? Vertigo DC. No. Yeah,
1: yeah. Right, yeah. John Constantine.
3: Um we talked about it recently how it was um I read how they were making it to be PG thirteen and it got the R rating anyway for tone and
1: they were like Fuck Fuck, we should have just gone all fucking yeah. balls deep on this
3: shit. Yeah, if we knew you were gonna hit us for because of demons, if you uh. knew you were gonna give us R rating for the demons, then we would have just gone R rating in every other aspect.
1: Which would have made it for an even better movie, but it's still. It would have made it better. I mean, it's it good though. In my eyes, it really it's, it's a it's a modern classic. I like how he uh, when Jimon Hansu he like gets his hands up in Constantine. And it's like ah, dude, every everybody is in this fucking movie. Tilda Swinton, Keanu Reeves, yeah. is Constantine. Yeah, the the chick is Rachel Weisz. Yeah, mm-hmm. Tilda Swinton's Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Peter Stormare. Peter Stormare is fucking Lucifer. Mm-hmm. Uh Gavin Rossdale is in the movie. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf is Keanu Reeves' sidekick. Think the kid. That. Wow, you
3: that was went right around. He did that in like uh I, Robot. Yeah. But he kept playing those like sidekicks.
1: Yeah. Shia. So Juman Hansu mm-hmm. is in it. Mm-hmm. Fucking killing it.
3: Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's like a priest, right? A voodoo. He's like a, f- a fetish priest of some sort.
1: No, he. he yeah, he's a he's a voodoo priest. Yeah. He, he he's kind of like the um he's the Switzerland of the underworld where like he doesn't work for the he doesn't work for good he doesn't work for bad mm-hmm. he's just he's there and he does his own thing. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, Pru- Pruitt Taylor Vince. Pruitt
3: Taylor Vince. I'm looking, looking, looking. The
1: priest who drinks himself to death. Oh, the big fat guy. Yeah, the big fat guy. Okay, yes. He, he's a great actor. Yeah, he is great. Fucking, there's all sorts of yeah, awesome guy, people in this movie. and Talk about Never Learned His
3: Name. That guy pops up in so many stuff over the years. Yeah,
1: character actor of sorts.
3: Great character actor.
1: But yeah, I mean, the movie's great. I mean, Peter stormer is probably the best Lucifer that's ever been put to film.
3: He's a fantastic
1: Lucifer. I mean, he's just... He's just himself in a suit and tarry feet, but I guess Peter Strummer
3: is Satan. He's just charming, but you can believe him as being evil, mm-hmm. but also like, I kind of want to hang out with this guy. Oh, I
1: definitely <laughs> want to hang out with him, even though he's Satan.
3: Even though he's Satan, in tarby, he's going to pitchfork my butt mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah, just more
1: like, than likely. Like, boop.
3: Yeah. Like, hey, Satan. Mm-hmm. Come on, bro. All right, yeah, constantly. It's a fun rewatch. What'd you watch it on? Do you remember? It's on HBO Max right now. Excellent. Yeah, because of DC. Yeah, no, baby. Yeah, because
1: DC and do Halloween stuff. So, you know.
3: Great Halloween movie. Yeah. Uh, what other great Halloween movies can be watched this time of year? Well, shit, go to patreon.com slash So listen to our top five uh, Halloween movie episodes. Movie, you know what
1: I'm saying. I mean, it's not really a Halloween movie, but I plan on rewatching Bronson next week because it's on Amazon Prime right now. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm.
3: That's a good watch. I remember watching Bronson. And all the same week, I rented them on Netflix DVD and they came in the mail the same week. I watched Bronson, uh, um, Hunger. The, so that was the first time I saw Fastbender. And what was the third movie? Something intense where I was like, just three great indie films, all foreign. I think they're all from the UK, actually. Yeah. And I
1: was like, who are these people? <laughs> Little did you know. Yeah. I was like, Nicholas Winding who? What is this Bronson movie? <laughs> well, Tom no, Hard, what? Well, I no, think I've that, seen this guy and stuff. I mean, the first time I saw Bronson, <laughs> it, that was actually my first independent movie that I, I ever saw. Chopper. <laughs> oh, no, Chopper was. You're talking yeah, Chopper. Chopper. I saw Bronson too, though. In theaters? I
3: think, I want to say, no. <sighs> no.
1: No. 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 But Chopper, though, was no, all good. Chopper was
3: my first independent is movie. Is Chopper available anywhere for people? I don't think, I've never that's one you don't just come across. Like, I feel like I've seen Romper Stomper on, yeah, that, on that, Amazon Prime.
1: A lot. And on Hulu.
3: Yeah, like that one keeps popping up to fuck people up. Young Russell Crowe and just like an Australian young punk's drama. Like, oh, you're going fucking around out right here. Oh, is that Santa Claus? Yeah, um, oh, hang we're looking, on. We're do, looking,
1: we're uh, No, it does not look to be streaming right now. Nah, that's a bummer. Yeah. Because it's good. Yeah, Eric Bana doing fucking crazy bonkers, man.
3: Back when he was fat. When he was a yeah. fat stand-up comic. Yes. Yeah. So people were like, this comedian is playing this uh, fucking criminal? Yeah,
1: he does a fucking great job! So good.
3: <laughs> Maybe his best thing <laughs> all these years later. I mean, he's always been good. Mm, he's, hang on. I man. don't think he's a bad actor, but like that was a bravura performance there.
1: No, but, yeah. No, oh, a chopper. Hey. Yeah, hmm. no, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Chopper did what, for Banna What Bronson did for for Hardy, for Hardy. But he
3: is, has continued to do other stuff, though. Where it's like, yeah, he, he continues to be amazing. Well, yeah. At times, I feel like Eric Bana has never done, reached those heights again of of no, Chopperness.
1: No, you're right. No.
3: Yeah, he's always Tom said, Hardy definitely has. Yeah, Bana just lost a
1: bunch of weight. He's
3: like, oh, I'm handsome under all this <laughs> I mean, under all this
1: fat. <laughs> I mean, I mean, hell, fucking oh, one of my favorite things that I've seen Tom Hardy in was that weird ass show on FX, Taboo. Yes, yes, Taboo was great. The show was wacky. It as f- came was, out of nowhere, and Tom was, Hardy kills it, literally and figuratively, uh, yeah. in,
3: in the show. It kills figuratively, literally. Um, they're supposed to do a season two. I hope COVID doesn't fuck that up. Are they? I mean, that would be fucking I wacky so hell. I, I thought it got renewed for a season that was two. was such a
1: weird show. That it does just, end like, with like a game. Out came came out of nowhere like yeah. nobody watched it and I it think, just left. I think it was because it was I think it's UK made. I
3: think it was a BBC show. That then they're like, all right, now we can put this. Uh, we got a, a co deal to. It's made for BBC, but then it'll play on FX in America. I suppose to a BBC America, which no one has. That's relegated. That's for the likes of like Brawl Church. <laughs> I gotta show you people want to see put on FX you got Brawl Church you put it on BBC America
1: BBC America all BBC America is now is the David Attenborough channel which I'm okay with it's the David Attenborough channel (laughs) they got a documentary a David Attenborough documentary I know it's coming out out on Netflix soon that's pretty
3: cool looking forward to that It'll be interesting that people can finally find out. About I mean, he
1: he just joined uh, Instagram. Who, who's guy he is? <laughs> Did he really? Dude, he uh, he's like 108 years old. So, he just
3: joined it. So here's the thing. So his team joined it.
1: <laughs> so he he joined Instagram. His grandson and, helped him join. Him. Uh, he his great grandson. Whatever record Jennifer Aniston had for, uh, a, for, uh, for how fast to a million followers, oh, David really? Attenborough shattered it. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's interesting. So not only did he join, but he set some sort of world record while he joined. And then he narrated. He's like, look how no, the he numbers go I'm, up. I'm pretty sure he did. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure his first. We refresh now. We see. Oh, I'm pretty sure his million. first post was just a short video of him talking like, I'm on Instagram. Um, and this is why. And this is why. <laughs> it's some some sort of uh, conservative effort, uh-huh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. We have to
3: bring attention to. Uh, it's like DiCaprio. DiCaprio's Instagram is all like, save the trees. Is it? Yeah, but not in the English accent, obviously. Attenborough. Good for him. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm on the internets now. Jordan, I, I, <laughs> I've i signed up for Instagram to get more followers to my TikTok. I'm trying to get more eyes on my TikTok over here. Oh, is that what it is? I'm doing... I'm doing is he the, doing
1: those, all those weird challenges I'm, and dances and I'm stuff? I'm doing
3: hashtag the around the world dance. Have you seen that one? It's I don't. where you take out your balls and you flap them around. <laughs> and you dance the Cardi bees. Whap. <laughs>
1: Is that how you pronounce it? I've never actually heard it said out loud. <laughs> I didn't know if it was WAP or WAP or... Oh, no, don't say WAP. I whop. know. Don't say whop. I know. Oh, no, no, no. No, <laughs> no, 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 that's something different. <laughs> Speaking of Fargo. Yeah, it stands for without papers, Chris.
3: I thought that was a uh, like a myth, like a misconception that oh, it really, really that it really didn't stand for that, and that oh. and that's kind of up in the air of what that does if it's uh, short for something, something longer, else, yeah. or if it is. But then it can
1: be used as. Oh, but that, I, was, as a without I was, Papers was, yeah, I, w- I was always told it was mm-hmm. short for without papers.
3: I think that's one of those cultural idiom things that well, it might as well be now. What? Like like ain't ain't a word, ain't in a dictionary. Yeah. Guess well, what? guess ain't,
1: what? Ain't is a word now. <laughs> ain't in the dictionary,
3: guys. We use it so often that it's now a word. Yeah. We manifested it. So yes. we can make things happen with our mind. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Watch this. Uh, we're going to take a break.
1: The Berenstain Bears or the Berenstain Bears, Chris? Which
3: one was it? The it's, it's the one that you, uh, that it's not supposed to be. <laughs> Berenstain. That's not a name they de-Jewified they de-Jewed the bears the the berenstein they were Jewish bears Mm -hmm. but then they were like we can't do this we have to make them the Berenstein, so suburbs can accept these bears into their homes they were afraid of Jewish bears the publishers who published that I mean watch it be like a Jewish publisher
1: (laughs) I mean Jewish bears Buddhist bears Protestant bears I'm just afraid of bears Chris Drew
3: is just afraid of bears that's why he does not go to the parliament house on Wednesday nights (laughs) correct yeah He's a Thursday night kind of guy. I don't go. I don't go at all. Do you know go? You know go to Twink Nights? You had clean up, buddy. <laughs> you had clean up it's over not, there. It's not my bag, Chris. No, it's just, it's just not his bag. That's all. Uh, okay, we're, we're gonna take a break. We have a new Billy Dee's stuff at the movies. He is doing this. Uh, what's the name of the Nightstream, the online film festival? So he's got some movies to talk about from that. And then we're gonna be back with the second half of the show. I got a whole bunch of news stories. We have a couple of comments in the Facebook group. And we have an email, but that is from Ron for the Patreon. Okay. So we're going to save that yep. for that. Yep. So we will be back in a second.
4: Watch a few movies, take a few notes. Billy D's Death of the movies. <laughs> What's up, my dudes? It's Halloween. Well, it's October. And everyone's doing their 31 of 31 list. I'm not making one because I'm pretty much watching an endless stream of horror 24-7, which means I'm basically tuned into Shudder all month. Speaking of, Shudder released their third Log stream, this one by Mike Doherty, director of Trick or Treat, on October 1st, and it's great. I love these jack-o'-lantern streams and usually put them on when I'm cooking and listening to records. They really add a layer of spooky atmosphere to the apartment. Full disclosure, my favorite one is last year's, created by Larry Fessenden. Also released on October 1st is the new Shutter exclusive, Scare Me, starring Aya Cash, Chris Redd, and writer-director Josh Rubin. This movie was so much fun. I had an absolute blast watching this, and it really set a tone for Halloween this year. Fred is a struggling author who has taken some time at a cabin to work on his novel. He meets Fanny, a successful author while on a run and later when the power goes out they decide to sit around and tell each other scary stories Aya Cash who plays Stormfront on the boys and Ruben really go for brokenness they are acting so fucking hard matching Red's natural manic energy long before he shows up and adds something completely new to the chemistry on screen I rarely get the chance to praise performance in a horror movie unless it's something with a ton of gravitas or something super serious and grim like Tony Collette and Hereditary. But Scare Me is all about these three performances and storytelling and some other stuff. What a joy this was to watch. And I want to watch as many films as possible about stories this year. So hit me up on Twitter at Isle of Blood with your best horror movies about scary stories or that incorporate scary stories into them. The Fog, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, Goosebumps, every horror anthology anything with a campfire and teenagers, hit me up with your recs, and if I haven't seen them, I'll fold them into my watch list this year. I'd also like to announce that I'm going to be covering Nightstream Fest for Cinema Crespadizo. I am super stoked to check out a bunch of these films, like Anything for Jackson, Shock Value, a documentary about Dan O'Bannon, Climate of the Hunter, Dinner in America, The Doorman, Hunted, and a ton of shorts. Check out the lineup at nightstream.eventive.org and consider getting a badge. Well, that's it. Stay cool, Billy D.
3: And we are back. Guys, how's it going? Oh, wait, now we're back. All right, cool. Just making sure. Okay. Just making sure everyone's paying attention. Sure. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's all to come back. We then wait, then come back. So here we are. Talking about stuff related to what we do, such as things. And people <laughs> try to keep it evergreen drew <laughs> could you be any more vague no nope. it's got to be evergreen I want people to be able to hear this episode in the future and be like oh this is still relevant to my day-to-day life
1: no it's not
3: but it is for example this happened stuff <laughs> what did it affect everything people reacted it was wild but also not now I was skirting the line there with mm-hmm. I was starting yeah, to get specific. A yeah, you were And then I tried to save it. I'm not sure if it worked. Fucked it up. Uh that's called journalistic integrity. So we're back, second half of the show, Cinema Crespity. So at gmail.com you can email someone to read it on the show. But if you don't email us, then who gives a shit? Patreon.com slash Crespity, so sign up for bonus episodes, new episodes every Friday. And then we throw in little extra ones here and there, because uh, sometimes people demand them and sometimes I just get a little ideas and a uh, Facebook group. Join us there. Cinema so it's pretty chill. First off, if you're on Facebook, get off it. But if you won't get off it, join the group and we'll uh hang out in a very cool way. Right? It's a pretty cool spot. Sure. No one's no one's uh, uh uppity or got a couple of weirdos, but
1: I mean that that's just the internet for you. They don't yeah,
3: mm-hmm. it is the internet. They don't interact too often, so I just try to ignore them and for the most part. But we put up a comment slash question thread. People can use it, and we'll read it on the show. Your comments and questions. It's in the Facebook group. There's always a picture there to accompany it. And we'll read it just like this. Joseph Cowper.
1: Nicholas DeVeller gets at us. Hey, hard at work, Nick. What's up? Hey guys, I've been alternating between <coughs> playing The Last of Us Two okay. and watching Mr. Robot lately. Mm. Ooh, that is depressing. Dark, dark. Uh, couple that with the global pandemic and the shit show that is the current state of our government. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling like I need a bit of a pick me up. Yes, sounds can, like you do. Can you? I recommend uppers. Can you? Re- <laughs> can you recommend some possibly under the radar <laughs> comedies you think people should check out? Mm. Films or shows? I ain't picky.
3: That's tough. Looking to, looking to go with the comedy route. Interesting. I've been meaning mean to start. I watched a couple episodes and thought it was funny. I've been meaning to really dig into it. Uh, Schitt's Creek, new season. The last season comes on, on Netflix this week. That's like six seasons worth of uh, Catherine Herrera and Eugene Levy. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's got to be good. I mean, if you say so. It won a bunch of awards in Canada. But still, it won a bunch of awards. <laughs> a whole bunch of them and uh um, my, it just won a bunch of, it
1: just rocked the Emmys. yeah it so. and
3: my mom uh fucking love that show she keeps saying have you
1: watched it yet so i'm being i'm, being, yes, I'm gonna watch it it's, it's gonna be good i'm not sure if that's a quote-unquote under the radar comedy i
3: guess so that's true i guess maybe under the radar for us because we don't talk about it under the radar how well you have any i mean, uh, i don't watch too many comedies
1: no, see that's just it i'm not really like a uh, like I an, like comedy un, I but, like comedy But I'm not liking Under the radar comedy like, I'm not liking Like the underground Funny stuff Yeah I'm not looking Yeah going deep Yeah uh,
3: Right And then the things I can think of It's like all oh, stuff That people know about I think Pen15 Is supposed to be very good uh, It's not a straight comedy But i raved about Fleabag before Yeah you know, No exactly Two seasons of that
1: Fleabag was great um, yeah. uh I'm a big fan of Crossing Swords on Hulu. You mentioned that, yes. You uh, you follow it's that one? Fun animation,
3: and also uh, even though it's on network TV, holy moly, is uh, a yeah. good escapist,
1: yeah. quick escapist entertainment. I mean, if you've got HBO Max, the uh, the new Looney Tunes and the classic Looney Tunes, if you haven't checked that oh, stuff that's out, true. I yeah. mean,
3: that's just you literally have that is decades. joy. <laughs> you literally have decades of cartoons. That is to just
1: watch. mindless joy, I and mean, sometimes it's even slightly racist. Further back you go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Further back you go. I said, just go ahead and pick it up
3: around 75 <laughs> <laughs> and you're gen- generally going to be okay.
1: I mean, I'm sure they've curated it and taken out some of that stuff.
3: So there's a funny thing going back to time after time. There's a funny thing in that where, so the big, one of the big thing, cause like I mentioned, this guy's filmography was all about like, uh, the horrors of humanity, but also the best of humanity, Star Trek two, the day after shit like that. Right. Uh, H.G. Wells when asked what time period do you want to go to in the very beginning he's like I want to go three generations into the future because that will be by my estimations social utopia no more fighting everyone's going to get along it's going to be great women will be treated equal as men and then one of his uh, dinner companions scoff kind like, like to the past <laughs> then. to the past I say like he's so angry about that idea it's very funny and then so then he goes to 79 to track down Jack the Ripper and he finally tracks him down during a hotel room and Jack's like, what do you mean go back to That's so stupid. Like, I'm in, this is my time. And he turns on the TV. He's like, sit next to me. He turns on the TV and they're just flipping through the channels. And it's like news report after news report. Like, the first one was like, a Palestinian uh, terrorist gunned down 105 Israeli mm-hmm. school children. Mm-hmm. The very first one. <laughs> and then, after going through all these clips, they're like, look how bad. Society is now one of the things was a clip, uh, a montage of uh, Yosemite Sam getting blown away by guns, cannons, uh, just getting it. Whoosh, yeah. like all that mm-hmm. uh, yeah. me think of that cartoon I, violence. They were like, Look at all this. Fun. Oh, and they also showed a clip of a football game, but then it wasn't even like it wasn't even like a heavy hit or anything, no. it was just like people moving. Yeah. There was nothing really violent about it. I mean,
1: I'm just waiting for them really- to start adding weapons to UFC. so... And They're going we'll, in the
3: wrong direction. They should be adding weapons to things.
1: Yeah, and, and then we'll just be back in the gladiatory end. Yes. You know, and then, it, then we'll really know that it is the decline. I want to see a nunchuck battle. I, I want to see... How about a spiked nunchuck battle? How about nunchucks versus swords to now, the death? How
3: about, how about the spike, every, spike baseball bats?
1: Every Sunday, live at the Arena <laughs>
3: <laughs> No, Now we're just talking extreme championship <laughs> wrestling. I mean, I'm into it. At the O2, 80,000 people gather to see... A barbed wire baseball bat. Um, Oh, yeah. We're supposed to talk about nice things. (laughs) Nick, you could watch, like, 90s extreme wrestling. That's pretty funny. I recommend Terry Funk versus Sabu. I mean, if you can... A barbed wire match.
1: If you can find find any old um, Most Extreme Elimination Challenge, that shit was great. that
3: recut Takeshi's Castle Mm -hmm. stuff. uh, That was so wild. With the
1: English dub. That shit was... I mean,
3: that was like where Wipeout got all their ideas from. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Talking funny over people falling over each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went even further with having people in costumes yeah. and stuff like oh,
1: that. Uh, also, <clears throat> I'm not sure if you have Hulu, but uh, from the creators of Rick and Morty come Solar Opposites. Yeah.
3: That's, that, that's on
1: Hulu as well. People
3: seem to be enjoying that. I enjoyed it. That's the uh, the non-Harmon guy, right? The guy who's not Dan Harmon? Yes. The other guy. Uh-huh, the other guy.
1: Justin Roiland, whatever is Roiland,
3: who he does the voices, right? Yeah, doesn't he do Rick Mm -hmm. at least? Yeah. Um, it's also
1: the same animation style.
3: It is so. So it's like familiar mm -hmm. to people. The newest season of Simpsons just came out on Disney. over the latest one, I guess, season oh. 31, because they're about to debut 32. I got a push notification yesterday. I was there like, you. holy shit, 31 seasons. Yeah, that's what I'm still on the end of season four of my rewatch. And there you go. The very slow <laughs> rewatch. got a long way to go. Oh, my God. Especially when I'm doing, like, one episode every two weeks. There's so much stuff to you, watch. You'll
1: be, you'll be watching Simpsons for the rest of your life. Um...
3: I'm fine with that. Or are you predicting you're going to murder me soon? Is that finally happening? Either or. I, either or. I actually don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that sense for a couple of reasons. Um, yeah, I guess there you go. I don't. I don't know. Nick, what comedy? Also, comedy. So objective, right? Mm-hmm. What we find funny isn't necessarily the same oh, no, as what other not. people find funny.
1: I mean, I find some awful things funny. Drew finds some
3: awful things funny. I like watching America's Funniest Home Videos. I mean,
1: come on. What so, are you going I mean, <laughs> America's Funniest Home Videos, just watch the debates, Chris. Hey yo <laughs>
3: hoo uh, Halfway through the debates, I was like, I, I choose... Unconsciousness. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to bed. Oh, no, I can't. I, even, I just want to bed. I
1: seriously, I can't even watch the debates anymore at this it point was bad. in time. It was bad, man. After about 30 seconds of listening to Donald Trump speak, my, mm, yeah, I was, just, I just, like, get, I get so filled with anger and rage <laughs> yeah. that I just change the channel. Like, like, I can't listen. No, because it's all, it's all either lies, right. Like straight up lies, right? Uh, Misconstruisions of the truth, right? Or just bigotry or, in general. Or just blathering. Yeah. With, with, and yeah. It, he, he, and after about ten seconds, I'm just like, no more. Yeah, it's like
3: I can feel my blood pressure Uh-huh.
1: rising. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, this makes me good, angry.
3: This is not good. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't watch the debate, Nick. Then <laughs> in that case, in that case, don't don't do that. Uh, yeah. So, Tommy, I, mean, I know. It's, I think the Looney Tunes is a good
1: call. If he can't get with some Looney Tunes, or uh, even uh, if you want something a little more uh, recent on mm-hmm, Hulu, mm-hmm. Uh, they've got Tiny Tunes. So, oh. and that is Steven Spielberg Presents. They must also
3: have Animaniacs, then. Yeah,
1: they do. Yeah. They've got other WB stuff on Come on. on.
3: So, Muppet Babies is on Disney+. Plus. Is it? Yes. And oh, man. Muppet
1: Babies, Chris. They'll make your dreams come true. Uh,
3: make your <laughs> dream. dream come true. Oh, sorry. Here. <laughs> I, I forgot which button I have to hit. Uh,
1: all right. Any other Facebook group questions there? Oh uh, yeah, I guess one more. Cromella gets at us. Oh, as so of Cromella
3: or oh, uh, Cromella, as you no one,
1: meets. I've recently watched two quote unquote twist movies, One Bedroom and Antebellum, with okay. really oh, underwhelming reveals. Mm-hmm. Can a twist movie be good even if the twist is not, or does it depend a hundred percent on the success of the twist? The closest the closest example I can think of is The Happening. Stupid twist, mm. but like most of the horror, but I liked wait. But I like most of the horror elements of the movie. Mm-hmm. Is there an example of a movie that you can think of where the twist sucks, but the movie does not?
3: Sticking it's, it's with Shyamalan, the village is a like, uh, go-to for me because I enjoyed I mean, the first half of the village.
1: I, I mean, I enjoyed everything up to the, uh, in the village up to the point where you realize that we're in the now. It's yeah. just like 1st off we're in the now, first we're
3: in the now, yeah. and second, second the, the monsters the monst- aren't real. Monsters aren't real.
1: I would have been totally okay with we're in the now. Monsters are real.
3: Yes. One or the other, too. Yeah. yeah, give me one or the other. It's not now. It's still in the past, but the monsters are fake. Oh, that's a fine twist. That's cool. Okay, that <laughs> thematically makes sense with the movie. Uh, keep the monsters real to keep the supernatural element. That'd be like, oh, so that, yeah. It's saying that no matter what you do, even if you try to hide yourself off from the world, the, the, the true evil is yeah. going to find you. Um, as opposed to the evil coming from within. that Yeah. Like, I like it. I like being a horror film. And then when it stopped being a horror film yeah. or something, I was like, what the fuck? What uh, is that's
1: this? Just, I think, with a lot of movies that rely on the twist. The twist. Like that. Yeah. Like, if the twist isn't successful, then most of the time the movie's not successful as a whole because right. you're re- relying so heavily on the, oh! oh! But then you get there,
3: you're like, oh. Uh, yeah, exactly. There's a, a recent one that's very bad called Serenity. Do you ever see that one? The Anne Hathaway, Matthew McConaughey movie. Hathaway McConaughey, Hatha mm-hmm.
1: Hath, Hath- mm-hmm. The it's about uh, like a. what is it? what is? Is that some weird like Indian princess? Native pr- American princess. Sorry, pr- about that. Pr-
3: princess Hathaway. It's a. Like he's a fisherman who's trying to catch a fish, and she's like it's about a murder, or he wants her to do a murder. In the end, it's all about how uh like a kid is like making a video game. So he's inside a video game actually, but the kid's making a video game about his dad who like left him or something. Uh, oof, oof, oof! Whoa! It was like bad, bad. Uh, wow! And that was recent too. Like someone actually thought of that recently and thought it was a good idea and, and did it. It's a twist movie. I mean, come on, you're really playing with fire. Like this is going to build up something, and then I'm going to change it on you, and you're be like, "Oh shit!"
1: I mean, if you if you do it, you just got to do it right. You think you got a Fight Club? Yeah, no, exactly. But you end up, you really, you
3: got yourself a what what everyone else does. Yeah. <laughs> what what, Shime, what Shyamalan? He did it. He did it good once well, with Six Sense. He got them all once, yep. and then. Uh, Unbreakable, it's so. It's not really a twist because I mean, it's all laid out there right in front of you that it's a comic book origin story type thing. But people are kind of looking at it, it's like, oh, the late reveal of uh, he's actually a superhero and all that. I don't know. Sure, what? Is Charmander our only twist gay? Our modern-day twist gay that we know of? I mean,
1: I'm sure there are others. I just can't think of them right now.
3: Prestige. Prestige is all centered well, on yeah, uh, the, the big reveal. Yeah. So, well, it's,
1: it's centered on the prestige, the, Chris. The prestige. <laughs> the ton. And then the prestige. But it's a Christopher fucking Nolan movie, so... he's good. At he, he's good at what he does. And on top of it, I mean... So can a movie be good? Impeccable a, casting, yeah, once again. Yeah, I don't think it would be... Great actors. Yeah, it's all good. It's a well-written. <laughs> <twist>. Based <laughs> on a
3: good book, and it was well-adapted. I don't think it's possible to have a good movie, truly, with, with a bad twist. Because Bo- then you're not sticking to the ending. Boi's like, Tesla. Boi's Tesla. Andy Serkis is actually Andy Serkis. Batman
1: vs. Superman as Dueling Magicians. Mm-hmm. No, Batman vs. Wolverine, my
2: bad. Even better. Yeah.
3: Because it's a crossover. Mm-hmm. Um. The... Uh, well, I was going to say what I was, was going well, to say with the um, I, I forgot yeah, anyway, yeah, you can't have, can have a good movie with a bad twist
1: no I don't think you can
3: can you have a bad movie with a good twist probably yeah, actually that was fine <laughs> the ending's fine yeah. I no mean, I'm sure yeah and then you're like yeah most movies are bad but it has a fun twist at the end mm-hmm. where you're like
1: whoa uh, I mean for the most part uh, Cabin in the Woods the movie's not all that great and the twist is kind of silly but it The whole thing works I feel like the entire (laughs) I feel
3: like the entire movie Is a twist I mean yeah It's all all, Yeah the entire thing Is a Yeah Sacrifice Um, to the
1: old gods
3: Uh, Underwater is like An okay movie That I really It's not really a twist though But it's a big reveal At the end And the big reveal Makes me like the movie more Even though it's just fine It's like one eye It's one eye fine It's fine It's fine Underwater Is that it for Our Facebook group Questions there? Yeah. Comments? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that? Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, guys. It's, we uh, we have some time here to jump into all these stories. Funny how this works out. So, No Time to Die is supposed to come out April 2021. 20, mm-hmm. 2020, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a while ago, Chris. That was a while ago. It got moved to November. Mm-hmm. That's soon. It just got moved again to April 2021.
1: There we go. Full year.
3: April 2nd, which was the same weekend that was... Staked out by F9, Fast and Furious 9.
1: Which is now being pushed back to... Memorial
3: Day weekend of 2021. So I got pushed two months because they have both these movies I'll come out on the same weekend. And uh, so Fast and Furious automatically moved. They were April 2020. They just moved a full year out to the following year while everyone else was like a couple months a couple yep. months a couple months not everyone else is catching up to Fast and the Furious so uh, once again Vin Diesel ahead of the curve ahead of the game <laughs> god damn it god damn him I don't even like him all that much that's what I'm saying what the fuck he's got that song that people oh. all,
1: all into I agree with uh, Dr. Devine on that one super cringy
3: Oh yeah, no. Everything he does in his personal life is like, oh boy, this is this dude's a weirdo. But we all like him, I guess. Okay, when I didn't sign off on this,
1: I never signed off on Vin Diesel. I just accept him for what he is. I
3: accept the Vin Dieselness for what it is. Exactly. I,
1: I do not condone it in any way, shape, or form. It's just happening. So we, it's just, it just it's happening.
3: It's like COVID. It's happening. We just have to work with it.
1: Hey, listen, I get.
3: All right, I ordered myself a between the bird and me mask.
1: One year, I get... You gotta work with it. I get a Fast and Furious movie, and the next year, I get some awful comic book or sci-fi or fantasy bullshit that yeah. he completely pays for that I get to watch on HBO. So, yeah, I'm that happy.
3: eventually you get a... Yeah, I still have to watch Bloodshed. Yeah.
1: Totally worth watching.
3: Especially now that it's a streaming thing. Oh, yeah. No, yeah on, on, on streaming?
1: Yeah. Bloodshot is like a streaming gem. <laughs> <laughs> like, if Bloodshot had come out on Netflix, it'd be like, God damn, that movie was good. Like, wow, that was fun.
3: <laughs> uh, but instead, people are like, go see it in the theater. are like, no. <laughs> There's a respiratory disease. Though. Are you no. kidding me? No. It's not worth it. Uh, okay, so anyway. They're ahead of the game on that one. And now Regals are closing because mm-hmm. of Bond, Bond. Bond is like, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to the next year. Uh, but Affleck reveals his concerns for movie theaters post- COVID. Yeah. Uh, here is this quote. It's pretty, pretty interesting.
1: For the ASMR fans. A little bit of ice audio for the key drew.
3: It's a good ice audio on top of the uh, metal glass. Uh, small cubes. Mm.
1: You want a lot of, want a Fixed. lot of so they can move around. A lot uh, of movement in there. Yes. Mm. Plenty of surface area for echoes. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> Okay,
3: benefit. here we go. Here's the link. I had to click out of the uh, the ad. I think after COVID, movies like The Town, movies like Argo, all the movies I made would effectively end up on streamers. Mm-hmm. There will probably probably be like 20 to 25 movies a year that are distributed, and they'll all be big IP movies, whether it's the type of movies that Disney makes like Aladdin or Star Wars or Avengers, something where you can count on the low end being a half a billion dollars worth of business. For example, Tenet is mm. over 300. Yeah, close on about 330. And I think it's going to be very, very difficult for dramas and sort of mid budget movies like The Town to get theatrical distribution. You'll either see massive, massive movies getting huge watt scale distribution or small movies doing little prestige releases in a the few theaters, but mostly being shown on streamers. I think that's for better or worse. And you can draw your own conclusions.
1: I think it all depends on the cast. <coughs> I think if you've got a drama piece or mm-hmm. something, but you've got, like, one of those casts. That's what
3: he means. That's what he's talking about, the prestige pictures. Yeah, then yeah.
1: The, those will still be in theaters. Other than that, though, I think he's
3: probably right. I think so, too. I think, unfortunately, for better or worse, for both. But yeah, I mean. Expect more of these movies to be made for. So, in, they're in, seeing an audience, in, uh, an well, avenue for those type of movies. In all
1: reality, it it makes perfect sense mm-hmm. with the rise of prestige television.
3: Yeah. And so that will do uh make prestige movies for television well, no, it's just, audiences it, it, essentially. It, it just
1: it, it just means that if you put in that amount of like you don't have to relish T V movies mm-hmm. to just being based on budget now. Right. Right. I mean I just watched Raised by Wolves on HBO Max. That but, might as well have been a fucking it, movie. It's gotta be
3: <laughs> it's gotta be Five, let's say five to seven million an episode. That's gotta be like an 80 million dollar show.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And it's totally worth watching. Yeah. And it's really good. And if they keep producing stuff like that, mm. I will watch it every time.
3: Yeah, but they don't always keep reviews and stuff yeah. like that though. Sometimes it's like, oh, this was a dude.
1: Well, and every once in a while, even after a couple seasons, you don't watch it. Like That's I li- true. like I liked Stranger Things, but I got it two episodes into episode into season two, three. three,
3: and I was like, no thank you. I had the slog through season two, it had no interest in three, and then no, people weren't raving about it, so it's like I think I'm getting out at it the right time on yeah. Stranger Things. Walking Dead, got that. Part way through season three, oh. I think. Yeah. And then I just watched it as everyone around me was like, "Oh, the show is making me so mad!" And I'm like, "Why?" Are you and, I still like, it? and I was just watching it.
1: I was just like, "Read the comic book." Yeah, just read the book, <laughs> guys.
3: I don't want to read. They're pictures.
1: They're pictures. It's mostly picture. It's, it's <laughs> mostly picture. Entirely. I like colors.
3: God. It, Philistines.
1: They are. I think they are re-releasing The Walking Dead colorized for an extra money grab. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> Ted Turner's like, I want
3: to read these. <laughs> Put some color in them. We can give you the crayons. No! You do it. You can color them yourself. Yeah, you could color them yourself. They're just selling you coloring books. <laughs> adult coloring books, you um, retrograde idiots. who Actually, no, I'm not going to. I have family members who do those adult <laughs> coloring books. So I'm not going to hold my tongue on True opinions. So this Borat 2 movie, I'm looking for the title of it. It's got a stupid long title. It yeah. misspells Mike Pence's name in there. Um, to be like penis. Is that what's going on? I think oh, so. Oh, poor Mike Pence. He's not going to like that. I mean, he may be our new president there, too. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Never know. Hey. Ooh, I was Ooh, I was in a meeting with these older white guys where they were... Uh, being like, oh man, Nancy Pelosi is like third in line. I'm like, that's what you guys are worried about and all this that's shit? What that's what you're, is- you're mad about? <laughs> you fucking... I'm going a, to a keep my job. I'm going to stay quiet. Um, Borat made $260 million worldwide for Fox when mm-hmm. it came out. What was that? Back in 2006, eight something like that. 2006. And so now the sequel has been secretly made. It's coming out the end of October on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. They purposely were like, we're doing this before the election. No, cuz it For ma- maximum hype.
1: It, but cuz it makes fun of a lot of that shit.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Apparently uh, according to this from on Deadline I'm going to quote this Deadline article. I'm told by sources that he had to wear a bulletproof vest on two different shooting days and on many days there were risky and dangerous sh- scenarios in shooting.
1: Oh, guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Yes, afraid for his physical safety. Yes. Mm-hmm. 100%. Because if any of those people had realized they were being duped, they probably would have shot him.
3: It's going to be... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Weeks away from Borat 2. That's going to be fun. Looking forward to that. Uh, moving over to Netflix. Joseph Kaczynski. Uh, the, he's the architect-turned-filmmaker, protege of David Fincher. His first movie was Tron Legacy. Uh, Oblivion was... The comic that he and his brother developed and then turned into a movie. He his most recent movie was the, um, that fire jumpers one about the those firefighters that died fi- fighting uh, wildfires a couple years ago. Oh yeah, with Josh, uh, Josh Brolin.
1: Mm-hmm. Never watched it. Of
3: the supermanly cast. I think Miles Teller is in that one, right? So Miles Teller is teaming up again with Joe Kaczynski, for a Netflix sci-fi movie called Spiderhead. Okay. Also gonna be starring Chris Hemsworth. Going back to Netflix. Mm-hmm. And Journey Smollett. Herself having a bit of a moment with the Lovecraft I'm Country. Really killing it. And it's an adaptation of a short story. And the script is by Land and Deadpool writers Brett Reese and Paul Wernick. Fun. Oh, also, Kaczynski's next movie is uh, Top Gun Maverick, which was supposed to come out in December. And now Tom
1: Cruise is like, fuck! So we'll see when that actually comes so out. So maybe he'll be... uh f- Flying jets and in space in the same summer. Yeah, <laughs> Tom Cruise versus Tom Cruise. That's possible.
3: We'll have a Tom Cruise weekend. Uh, let's see. Here's the description of this uh, this thing. Where is it? Here we go. Hemsworth, uh, Saunders. Oh, the short story ran in the New Yorker, and was later added in uh, published in a short story anthology spiderhead is set in the near future convicts are offered the chance to volunteer as medical subjects in hopes of shortening their sentences Mm -hmm. the focus is on two prisoners who become the test patients for emotion altering drugs that force the prisoners to grapple with their past in a facility run by a brilliant visionary who supervises the program so uh the guy who did Oblivion and Tron Legacy that's gonna make a movie about like a fight,
1: near- fi- fight, fighting demons inside your own head in the well, uh, near future uh, about it <laughs> I mean
3: I'm, I'm imagining the production design a near future medical facility that's gonna be like inside d- of a prison though yes so like the, a it's government gonna be dystopian gritty. one is, or, or no I think it's gonna be like the prison itself could be gritty and fucked up But no, he loves clean. His prison, his future prison is still going to be. It's just going to be white. It's going to be sterile. Yeah. It's going to be THX 1138. And then they'll go to the facility. And yeah, it's going to be. His movies look great. They may not be that great, but they're gorgeous. I
1: I enjoyed Oblivion.
3: Oblivion's fine. The twist was fine. That's another one where it's a twist. Yeah. Yeah. Twist is fine. Yeah. Twist is like you see this twist coming. Right. That's the problem with that one. So it's fine. Who gives a shit about it? They play it up like, oh, it's is a big thing, and when it happens, you're like, oh, okay, yeah.
1: No.
3: <laughs> can we get on? on like, uh-huh, can we get on the story? Can we get back to these round things with the guns that are flying around? They're kind of crazy. Those uh.
1: can I get more Morgan Freeman just talking. Thanks. It's like
3: more. You need more of me in your movie. I do. He looked out across the field and saw himself, and he wondered, why am I in this film? Uh, George Clooney, John Cena dropping out. Of Steven Soderbergh's next movie Due to scheduling Mm -hmm. And the replacements Are interesting Because it makes you think What is this movie If they can make these kind of swap outs Uh, The movie is called No Sudden Move It was going to star George Clooney John Cena And Sebastian Stan Okay okay, Our our modern Mm -hmm. day Mark Hamill Uh, We are now swapping them out With uh, where are they? Where are the, where are the actors? Where do we go? David Harbour. Brennan Fraser. And Noah Jupe. Noah Jupe being a child actor.
1: Why Yes,
3: they're like, fuck, we don't give a shit. <laughs> the George Cleese role will now be played by a child.
1: <laughs> what?
3: Um, these three actors are joining... Don Chito, Benicio del Toro, Amy Simitz, John Hamm, Ray Liotta, and Kieran Culkin, among others, in a crime drama set in Detroit.
1: I have a feeling that some of those other people are going to be taking those roles. Yeah,
3: that they're, they're just going to be shuffling some yeah. things around. It's like,
1: Benicio, I need you to play uh, George's role. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's like, mm, okay. um, it follows a group of small-time criminals in 1955 Detroit to Ohio to steal what they think is a simple document. When their plan goes wrong, they search for who hired them and what the purpose of the job was. So Ocean's Eleven goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. In 1955 Detroit. Okay. That looks good. That's fine. That'll be fun. Uh... This news I don't like. Uh, Disney's doing a Lion King sequel. Live action Lion King sequel. No word whether it's going to be a news story or if it's uh, actually because I think there is a Lion King 2. There's also a Lion King one and a half Ugh. That's like it's the Lion King but retold from a different perspective. It's sort of like the Rosencrantz and Guild in the Stern mm-hmm. of, of, of Lion King. And I think that's what it is. So they announced the sequel and it's going to be directed by Barry Jenkins who just did two of my favorite movies in the most recent years. Uh, Moon Light and um if Beale Street could talk, and it bums me out that he's not going to spend the next year and a half, two years, maybe not, maybe more, developing this movie instead of doing something that's like good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? it always bums me out when shit like this happens, yeah. and uh, I just want to be on record. And just be like, I don't like this. Agreed. I'm not into it. Agreed, hundred percent. I mean, when
1: why? Why? We don't need a Lion King 2. Why? We don't need a Lion King. The two li- two? the Lion King 2 didn't work the first time. That's why I made Lion King one and a half, which also didn't work, which is why you remade the Lion King, which did not work. Stop, stop why it. Why are you why? Stop it, guys. Stop, <laughs> it. stop it. Stop it.
3: It's like a it's like a child. you are just like, stop it. Put that down. Put down the horse. Yeah. Put down the chair's horse. Yeah. Um yeah, no, they're gonna they're gonna do it. Now Barry Jenkins got himself wrapped up in it now now I'm just like damn it. <laughs> Man, we just... can, can we get another James Baldwin adaptation? Seriously. I want you to make me feel in here. For people who, at home, I'm tapping my heart. You,
1: you can't do that with emotionless C.J. lions. Yeah, look at this lion. lion, this lion d- d- <laughs>
3: if I think this thing is real, then it just wants to eat me. That's all I think. I see lion. Ooh, lion. It wants to eat me. What did I just read about the lion? It's the guy who cut the lions, just got himself killed. Or tigers. Duh. Yeah. so Somewhere. someone. Read Duh that, Read the headlines Like Lion Keeper uh, Killed by Lion
1: Duh Yeah He was hungry that day mm-hmm, Exactly <laughs> He finally He finally, <laughs> he finally was like up. You know what Fuck you He's like you know what This guy's living <laughs> Today's the day Today's the
3: day uh, Look at my chops I'm a lion That's what Lion King 2 If if Lion King 2 Is lions interacting with people And then eating them I'm in Only way I'm in Barry Jenkins Are you listening Barry Jenkins
1: Barry Jenkins is not I mean if you're gonna listen. If you're gonna do a live action mm-hmm. Story mm-hmm. About lions? Mm-hmm. I've got one. You, you got a lion story? I do. And it's fantastic. What's your lion story? Written by Brian K. Vaughn. It's called Pride of Baghdad. Oh, the Pride of Baghdad. I thought you meant like you <laughs> had yourself an interaction no, with lions once. You no, were going to tell us no, about like, no, no. I was in the jungle. I'm saying you want an, interest- Sarasota. You want an interesting story about lions. All right.
3: I, I have an interesting story about a tiger, but it's not my story, though. it's my uncle's story. And it's, no, I it's got, set in the 70s in got, Brooklyn.
1: I have no story about. Tigers or lions. Oh, I, I, do I a bear story? I have a bear story. I do, actually. Let's hear the bear story. I, was, I think I was in like middle school. Okay. And we went to uh, the Lowry Park Zoo with uh, summer camp. Okay. And the bear was masturbating. <laughs> Going to town on himself, too. All right. He's having a grand old time. W- made he gr- mu- he, he must have been an exhibitionist, too, because I think he liked us watching. That would have made a great TikTok. Oh, no, definitely. At the t- yeah.
3: would have made a great David Attenborough TikTok, and we observed the bear pleasuring himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's a good story. Yeah, It's a good story. Uh, okay, let's see here. Speaking of stories, we got a story from the set of Kong Skull Island, and it's about Samuel L. Jackson. And Eugene Cadero was in the movie. Uh, he was doing an interview with People, and he talks about work with Samuel L. Jackson. He goes, He was so nice and so welcoming to me. There's a scene where he grabs me by the scruff of my shirt, and he looks at me. And when he does that he asked for an extra Apple box. So he looks that much taller than me. So he's looking down at me even more and I'm like, oh, that's genius. I'm like, wait, you're asking for another Apple box? He goes, motherfucker, I gotta be huge. (laughs) That's awesome. That's smart. Yeah, That's when... Best part of working with an actor like Samuel L. Jackson is when he can bring that sort of experience to something and be like, "I need, I need this to happen to make it more intimidating." He is—he's uh, done so much stuff. I remember re- hearing an interview where he talked about working with directors who are like, "Do you want to have?" five different subs put the camera here put the camera there and do all these different shots and he hates that because he knows the director's doing that because he doesn't know what he wants or she wants to do and instead of just like getting the shots that they need and then moving on they're wasting time and he's wasting his time doing all this work that's never going to be seen so he'll get to a point where they're, like they're getting ready to sub for another shot he's like motherfucker you got the shot you got a wide you got a close you got a mid i did all my lines piece it together from what you have we're not doing over the shoulders and the camera over here and up in the corner and the, the fucking the hospital like security I'll camera say, angle
1: I am gonna say how many how many cuts are you gonna have in this one little scene yeah, yeah in this one <laughs> setup
3: in this very simple setup he hates that shit so if he speaks you listen motherfucker motherfucker if he throws in a motherfucker you better be listening you're not listening uh, I wonder if this is going to get delayed now. It just launched this week, the official James Bond podcast. They had announced this before the delay, that they were doing a week-to-week uh, official companion podcast, so they're going to interview everyone, everyone involved with making it, and uh, Daniel Craig interviews and shit like that.
1: I mean, they can probably still do the interviews now, well, wh- I'm sure whether it's... it will be released.
3: That's the thing. I'm sure it's produced. Yeah. I'm sure it's oh, all you know, done.
1: They're, yeah, they're going to wait for that shit.
3: Yeah, so just hold on to it for
1: a little while longer. We'll see. That probably helped on to the begin- the beginning of the year to get people hyped up about it again yeah. for the third time. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey guys, remember we got my movie coming out? I'm so tired of being hyped <laughs> for the
3: same movie as for a year and a half, two years. Oh, it's so annoying. Thank God we at least got Tenant out. Of the I was way, about man. to say
1: if if we hadn't gotten Tenant, it would have made things way worse. It would have been bad. It would have been
3: bad. I would I would have just stop it all. Stop the show. <laughs> stop everything. I'm going to bed for the next six months. You gonna hibernate. Seems so nice. Seems like a nice idea, right? Uh, the Saved by the Bell reboot coming to HBO Max.
1: Why?
3: Nostalgia. Once again, they
1: they tried the whole Saved by the Bell. The new class. The new, new class. Mm-hmm. The new, new class. The newest class. Well, the newest class. We, 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 brought, we, got,
3: we brought Screech back. He's in no, this exactly. film somehow. Yes.
1: So, and guess what? It all... Bail. Did I say
3: HBO Max? I meant Peacock. Excuse me. Peacock. November 25th, 2020. So, right around Thanksgiving, here's the new one, Juicy Cogburn. Uh, where is, where is, so, we got Elizabeth Berkeley. Elizabeth Berkeley, Lauren, because she got married. Uh, is back as Jesse Spano. AC Slater is back as, uh, or, Mario Lopez, back as A.C. Slater.
1: Well, yeah, because Mario Lopez needs money so bad. He he works so much. He's always working. Well, he, I mean, he he, he financed that restaurant that failed.
3: He was part of a group. Yeah, he was part of a restaurant group. (laughs) They only opened
1: one of them. And they lost all their money.
3: Idiots. Closed it under a year. A, uh, they are involved with the show. John Michael Higgins is President Todman of the school. And, yes, there's a new class of students. Now, Mark Paul is in the show, almost a light cameo sort of way, sprinkled throughout, as the governor of California. Yes. Yes.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Governor
3: Zach Morris. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. Oh, that makes perfect Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's a a fucking sociopath, so duh. Yes.
3: Okay. (laughs) Now here we go. In the new series. Uh, When California Governor Zach Morris gets into hot water for closing too many underfunded high schools, he proposed that they send the affected students to the most well-funded schools in the state, including Bayside High. The influx of new students gives the privileged Bayside kids a much-needed dose of reality. That's the show. So
1: yeah, so Zach Morris is a horrible politician. Yep, he fucked and, up and fucked up so bad that we need to make, cities, make a show about it. Close all the schools. <laughs> so like
3: all right, now we have to put the poor kids in the rich school. Uh that did not like I realized it more recently, uh when I was listening to uh this older Bayside podcast. Um that wasn't very good. But it, they made me realize that and this escaped me as a child that the Bayside High School is a privileged school.
1: Oh, duh! Yeah, yeah. That, that, that wasn't duh
3: oh, yeah. for me. I didn't know. I was fucking eight years old. I, yeah. I I wasn't thinking of class stuff. So yeah, it was it was yeah, all kids. those kids were rich. Mm-hmm, there were a bunch of rich kids. Uh, uh, Kelly's uh, dad loses his job. I guess a defense contractor or yeah. some shit. Uh huh. Um,
1: yeah, that's wild. But but say yeah, they all had money, very nice cars. So it's funny that they're trying to do, quote do something with
3: uh, say by the bell reboots. I would be like, oh yeah, it's about the underprivileged kids yeah. going to the it's at a the overprivileged school. We'll see how that turns out.
1: Yeah, I mean, fuck what they, they all went to some fucking weird country club and worked for the summer because that's where that's, <laughs> because because that's, that's where, where the...
3: Lisa's parents were members there. Exactly, so got them jobs. Yeah, yeah so yeah,
1: they're thing. a bunch of privileged. Bitches. Yeah. So even
3: even like the black kid in the group, her parents yeah. uh, are like well enough off to they have a yeah, no, they go to a country club, the Malibu Sands. I was about to say,
1: <laughs> Lisa Turtle probably lived next to the Fresh Prince in Bel Air. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, they were, they were, they were Bel Air neighbors. Yeah. So, <laughs> but she got bust to Bayside for some reason. Uh, okay, Henry Cavill is jealous of Mission Impossible Seven, actually filming right now, and here's his quote. I was extremely jealous. I want to be there. I want to be parachuting off a motorbike into a canyon. Why can't I be there? Well, because your character died in the last movie. I am going
1: to say, because <laughs> your character's dead and you have to keep playing Superman. Yeah, daddy, and got, daddy got Superman You were just a very do. charming Sherlock Holmes. And very
3: sexy, charming, emotive Sherlock Holmes that we enjoyed. Curly head, uh, Henry
1: Cavill. He's
3: he's he's doing good for himself right now. I was about to say. But it's funny that he's like, I yeah. want to be, be doing it. I want to be parachuting into a canyon. <laughs>
1: well then do more action movies jerk have, off have you seen the
3: picture of that uh that ramp going off into the canyon and then, like tom cruise standing on i think it's tom cruise this is like a tiny little guy i'm not making a short joke i'm just saying the picture is from far away but he is a, a tiny little guy uh, i want to say that to his face though no I, i'd be you know why I mean, because he charmed me into feeling bad like why'd you say that God, Damn it. i would just i'd be fearing the wrath of xenu Oh yes, he you will know, strike you down with uh, what, what? What are Scientology lightning bolts? I don't know. It's, it's like a bird will shit on you. <laughs> <laughs> the there's a clip of Tom Cruise where uh, these like. Sort of uh, it was a prank show or something, uh, or was it for the internet? I can't remember. So they were doing, uh, they were squirting people with a microphone. They were doing red carpet interviews, and as people came by, they held the microphones, asked them a question, and they squirted them with water. And uh, Tom Cruise came up to him, and they squirted him, and he just like he stopped it with his hand, like he tried to stop him. And then he then he grabbed him, and he's like, "Why would you? Why would you do that?" He's like, "Why? What? What was the point of that?" And the guy was like, "I was just, this was a prank." He's like, "Yeah, but why? Why would you?" He's trying to get to like the the, the crux of it. It's like, "Why are you trying to embarrass other human beings?" entertainment and, and the, it made the guy feel bad that's why it happened to me I'm like you're short
1: he'd be like why why would you say that <laughs> look at you you're fat i'm like yeah, i know why would you say that to me tom why because i enjoy punching down yeah because yeah.
3: he's short is that what you're saying
1: Ha <laughs>
3: he's like i was born this way you're just fat like, damn, it, <laughs> damn it tom i'm gonna go get a cheeseburger they're so good. I like, could cry into it. The saltiness makes it taste better. Uh, Zach Efron going to be in a remake of a Stephen King movie, Firestarter. The, uh, the Drew Barrymore one where she's mm-hmm. like, oh, fire. Uh, Firestarter is uh, when I think of Firestarter, I think of director Mark L. Lester, who would then go on very next year to make Commando. That's that's my. Thought process there. You tell me Firestarter,
1: I think Commando. You say Firestarter, I think The Prodigy. Firestarter! <laughs> remember, they'll, remember pro- they'll probably just use a, a, a slowed down firestarter. Acoustic, firestarter. acoustic version for because it's already a techno song, Yeah. so they'll probably acoustify it God and slow it, it, it down. And then that'll and, be... And some lady will be yeah. singing it.
2: I'm
3: the Firestarter. Yeah, uh-huh, Yeah. Boo. That, that'll be the trailer.
1: I hate that. I hate it. You're so right. <laughs> you're
3: right. That's why it's so annoying, because you're right. Fuck. <laughs> So un, uh, unimaginative of these people. Was that the video that had tits in it? That ended, was that, no, was that, that the POV? My, or no, that sparked that my, bitch my bitch up. up? The POV video.
1: You want to talk about good twists in movies. Yeah, that was a good twist. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was a chick the whole yeah, time. Yeah, you're, you're watching this oh, POV a and, you're like, what a, and you're like, oh, what a scummy, jerky the, lady? This guy <laughs>
3: sucks tits. <laughs> what? The only time I saw that video was like at 2 or 3 in the morning, so it was uncensored. Mm-hmm.
1: I was like, they can do this? Yeah, they can. At 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah.
3: Uh, so he's going to play the dad of the uh, the Firestarter girl. Obviously, they don't have a, a girl yet. He's also doing the Three Men and a Baby remake. So Zach Geffern going on the remake. The remake route. Good for him. Uh, I mean, s- I'm sure he'll get paid. Oh, yeah. Fat paid. Speaking of uh, sort of Remakes, uh, A Fistful of Dollars, which itself is an unofficial remake of Akira Kurosawa's Yojimbo, to the point where... Uh, Kurosawa and his producers sued Sergio Leone and his producers and won. I think they settled. Um, But A Fistful of Dollars is being developed into a TV series. And that's, uh, for people that do not know the plot, it's basically a stranger comes to a town that's being dominated by two gangs, and he plays the gangs off each other. Then he gets caught along the way and fucked up. And then he comes back and kills everyone. Good times. Hooray! Did you ever see Last Man Standing, Bruce Willis? Yes. That's fistful of dollars oh okay yep he shows up to a town there's two gangs mm -hmm. one of them's run by uh, Christopher Walken or at least he's like a henchman I think maybe in that I have it on DVD I haven't watched it in a while though that's Walter Hill did that Uh, Warriors and Southern Comfort 48 Hours all those movies it's part of his like downturn though it's it's good but also not that good. okay let's see uh... oh Sam Esmail is going network TV Drew Okay. This is interesting. You sold a couple shows to ABC. One is called Acts of Crime. So get ready for a Sam Esmail-created crime procedural.
1: Okay, I can do that.
3: And uh, and then he also has something just called, right now, Untitled CDC Project, which got something that's called a Put Pilot Commitment, which means ABC says we are going to produce this pilot. And whether or not we pick up the show for uh, episodes... The pilot will be aired. Interesting. So at the very least, we're going to get like pilot. A, a Sam Esmail weird CDC, Yeah, like a, a one-off. If not, gets turned to a whole show. Interesting. Uh, he is apparently ready to go into broadcast TV. Uh, you know, very uh, had success on USA with Mr. Robot, Homecoming on Amazon. And let me see. I think I have info on some of these shows. Acts of Crime is supposed to be, quote, a unique spin. I mean come on, they're all unique mm-hmm. spins, right? Uh, but do we have any actual information? Let me see. Nope. Not actual information. But S film. Going network. He's selling out. Selling up? Doesn't matter anymore?
1: Nah, eh, it doesn't matter anymore.
3: LeBron James, meanwhile, signed a first look deal with Universal Pictures. So, anything he wants to produce, Universal gets the fr- right of ref- refusal, first refusal on it. So, th- that was the whole reason, all, a number one reason he signed with the LA Lakers it's a couple too, years ago. Too good LA. So he could live in Hollywood and do all that other stuff yeah. to, to work out his entire empire. Mm-hmm. Basketball is now just such a small part of it. Meanwhile, in the finals, yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, basketball not that important, but still so important. I'm in the finals. <laughs> I was like, there's a finals? <laughs> when I heard about that I was like during the finals Didn't the season just start In the bubble a couple weeks ago It's already been a couple months Yeah Basketball's happening Football's happening Baseball is uh, wrapping up Hockey just wrapped up uh, The Marlins The fucking Florida Marlins Are in the goddamn postseason I think Yeah they're what? in the postseason So there's like a chance that the Tampa Bay Lightning The Florida Marlins Could all They could be championship winners In the same year And um, I have no idea How Tampa Bay is doing With, the, with Tom Brady Who cares yeah, exactly. Me, no. <laughs> but I like the weird things, like once they get all the championships. that happens And of all of them, them being Florida. <laughs> yeah, Florida being like, what? Especially with hockey being the one to kick it off? No,
1: when... when I mean, maybe, they've had a good team for years. Yeah, but, but still, the Lightning have won a couple of NHL championships. Yeah, they've won
3: a few. They've been good for years. But it's still incongruous to be yeah. like the Florida I man It's so
1: like, weird, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I remember even being a kid going to Lightning games being like... Why? Like, where do we where did we get this ice from? Like, this doesn't <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Did we
3: import this ice from Canada <laughs> to make this rink? All right, we got to wrap this show up here. So, a couple quick stories. Uh, they're making a movie about the making of the Godfather. Yes. Oscar Isaac has been cast as Francis Ford Coppola. Yep. Saw that. Jake Gyllenhaal has been cast as producer Robert Evans. Uh, Robert Evans is a fucking character. So Gyllenhaal is gonna have a lot of fun with that. This is as reported by Deadline. The film was officially titled Francis and the Godfather. Uh, I recommend people check out the documentary The Kid Stays in the Picture which is based on a book of the same title about Robert Evans and his whole crazy career. Highly recommended. There's a while where Robert Evans had a he ran Paramount for a while and then that all fell apart in like the late 70s, early 80s. The for a while though he had an office on the Paramount lot uh, that he kept for a long time without producing anything. He's fun wanted to be there. Not that well. He yeah he wants to be near the action just in case they come up with something. Um, but someone asked like how come Robert Evans still has a lot here and and the response was because Robert Evans is good at keeping secrets. So that's why mm-hmm. he knows a lot of stuff. He knows the bodies buried. He, he knows and he's not sane. So we keep him around. Uh, Spider Man three, the, of the most recent series we got mm-hmm. we got Homecoming, Far from Home, and then Spider Man three uh, home uh, home home cook. Home cooked meals, mm-hmm. whatever it's gonna be called. Yeah, they're bringing back Jamie Foxx as electro, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Jamie Foxx posted to Instagram that he's coming back, but he deleted this. He had to delete this post. He said he's coming back, and this time I'm not gonna be blue. Good, yeah, so that's interesting. And then they're like, get rid of that. <laughs> uh, but the bag, the, it's out of the bag, baby. Cat's out of the bag. Uh, he's in it, he's electro, not gonna be blue. We mentioned Bill and Ted 3 earlier, and it's and it's cost at $30 or $20, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I actually have here an estimate of how much money it's actually made on VOD. Okay. Uh, and let's see. In theatrical revenue, it made $5 million globally, with $3 million of that coming from America. So no interest in it, whatever it's small role it had in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, Deadline is reporting that on VOD, it made... Thirty-two million dollars. Okay. All right. Uh, far cry from Mulan's. What was that? Two uh, eighty. Mm-hmm. They predicted on nine million nine, 9 million subscribers. Two hundred eighty million dollars. Thirty million dollars and um, where was uh, there's there's another stat in here. Oh, and the movie had a budget of twenty-five million. So it's conceivably going to be. Uh, Break even, if not profitable, hmm. when it's all said and done. Not for them. not a ton of money, but it's not going to be a it's not going to lose money. And for you making a movie and releasing it in twenty twenty and then not losing money, that's a win. You won, baby. Uh, meanwhile, Regina King had a movie that's screened and people love it, and it got a deal. Uh, One night in Miami, uh, Regina King, and I think most people know her now as Night Nurse. Mm-hmm uh man she was also again if Bill Street could talk, she's so good in that as the the girl's mom uh, what's her name Kiki Kiki Lane she was just in that old guard uh blah, 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 blah. Amazon studios set up one night in Miami to come out in theaters on Christmas. We'll see that still happens nope uh followed by a streaming debut january 15 twenty one exclusively on prime video. One night in Miami is about exactly what it sounds like. It takes place over the course of one night. And it's, uh, let me see. The description makes it easy. Here we go. Set on the night of February 25th, 1964. Story follows a young Cassius Clay, right? It's Muhammad Ali. As he emerges from the Miami Beach Convention Center as the new world heavyweight champion. Against all odds, he defeated Sonny Liston and shocked the sports world. While crowds of people swarmed Miami Beach to celebrate the match, Clay, unable to stay on the island because of Jim Crow laws, instead spends the night at the Hampton House Motel, one of Miami's historically black neighborhoods, celebrating with three of his closest friends, Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, and Jim Brown. The next morning, the four men emerge, determined to find a new world for themselves and their people. Mm -hmm. So it's a night in a Miami, black Miami nightclub, uh, with Muhammad Ali hanging out with Malcolm X, Jim Brown, and Sam Cooke. Yeah. And the movie got raves yeah. as it's screened, so. Uh, Two of
1: those guys would be dead very soon. Mm.
3: <laughs> Role hates a prophet. The, uh, oh, Robert Zemeckis's new movie, The Witches, uh, Surprise everyone with an announcement that it is skipping theaters and going straight to HBO Max. We did talk about this recently in the last uh, few weeks mm-hmm. to, to expect more announcements of these mid-level movies to go streaming. Theaters are just looking to dump them because they don't have enough space in 2021 to release all. Like,
1: they got to make space. They
3: now have two years worth of movies to put yep. out in one year. Yeah, so they got to make space. So um, no surprise that. Robert Semagus's adaptation of the Roa... Roa... Ro- Ro- oh, that's hard to say. Novel, The Witches. Uh, will be coming out on HBO Max in just a couple weeks here. Cool. Uh, October 28th. Starring... Uh, Anne Hathaway. Screenplay co-written by Kenya Barris and Guillermo del Toro. And film stars Chris Rock, Kristen Chenoweth. And again, Anne Hathaway. And, uh oh, Octavia Spencer, Stan Attucci. No, the right. Tucci's loose. Yep. Be careful. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad because it's a Robert Zemeckis movie. Yeah. He hasn't made a good movie in fucking years. But
1: I'll see it. Well, yeah, because yeah, it's going to be on Amazon.
3: And it's a Robert Zemeckis movie. It's going to be... A, no, uh, HBO Max. HBO Max. Because it was Warner Brothers. Mm. So now they have a place to dump that stuff. Uh, Guy Ritchie is the gentleman. Um, if people... Don't recall That's his um, Marijuana business movie Star Matthew McConaughey uh, I believe it came out 18 years ago that,
1: <laughs> that, That's what it feels like Anyway right Nope Came out last year I think it, No it came out this, this year, year Drew
3: It came out It was a 2020 <laughs> pff, That's how long Time doesn't yeah. make any sense anymore It's uh, being turned into a TV series Then, then. I think it would have worked better As a TV series It was originally developed As a TV series Yeah It yeah. makes sense uh, With all the characters And everything yeah. It would have worked better anyway So the movie was fine uh, I think it'll work good as a show. Richie developing, directing it. He's involved. Yeah. It's not like he's just uh, passing it off to someone mm-hmm. else. So um, he still has a lot of fans. People really, really like him. I, I noticed on our Facebook group when people posted about the story, a lot of comments were like psyched for it. So cool. I'm not psyched, but I'll check it out. I'll give it a shot. All the shit that's out there, it's worth giving it a shot. Why not? You know what I mean? and i let me see if i can find this real quick I, I i found this quote fascinating i posted it to the to the group earlier in the week but so tenant narrowing in on about uh 300 million dollars uh box office wise now with regal shutting down that looks like that number is going to start capping out yep uh but this list of movies that tenant has outgrossed It's fascinating Okay Okay So here we go We'll end the episode with this This is from Forbes Uh, As noted on Tuesday The film would be Doing halfway decently For a live action Original movie Directed by anyone Other than Christopher Nolan Tenet has outgrossed Or will soon outgross Jupiter Ascending That only made 185 million Mm -hmm. Tomorrowland 209 million Valerian The City of a Thousand Planets Made 225 Blade Runner 2049 Made 242 the Lone Ranger, made 261. These are worldwide numbers. Andrew Stanton's John Carter, 284. Battleship made $302 million. These are movies that came out in a healthy box office world where everyone yeah. was going to the movies. Maximum marketing effort. And Tenet is still going to make more money than all of those films.
1: Uh, it's fascinating.
3: That's imagine, good. imagine how much it would have made because it's, in a normal market.
1: It's better than all of them except one.
3: Except for uh, Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, that's another thing. These movies are all, except for Blade Runner, are all bad. Yeah, some I, of them have promise, like Jupiter Ascending, Tomorrowland, they all uh, have, John Carter. All
1: of those movies had promise, but they yeah. all fell flat. More than
3: promise, actually. No, the, all these movies have promise. The ones I'm mentioning are movies that have like things about them that are okay, or I, I like, you know, like I wouldn't throw away Jupiter Ascending or even Valerian. I wouldn't throw that away because I had some parts that were fine. But none of them. Blade Runner is the only one where it's like y'all fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> y'all fucked up and not seeing yeah. this movie.
1: Uh, yeah, so tenant. I mean, in a, he- in a
3: healthy box office here, it, it would have been a billion dollar grosser.
1: That's all right, Chris. Everybody fucked up. I didn't see Blade Runner either. So <laughs> first time around, it's fine. You fucked up in '82. <laughs> you
3: fucked up in 2017. Uh huh. Um, anyway, so there we go. That's the end of your episode. We're done. Uh, Drew Chicago, thank you, sir. You're welcome, Chris. You're welcome, listeners. Remember hashtag Black Lives Matter. Uh, eat the rich. Kill your masters, take care of yourself, and goodbye.